This is Travel Better Podcast, episode 24. Coffee houses are the savior of the traveler. I'm your host, Leslie Lello, and it's time to get going, so sit back, hit that cruise control, and enjoy the show. This week, I became aware of... Well, I've always been aware of my fondness for coffee houses, always, since they became popular back in the 90s with Starbucks spreading across the United States. But recently, in a conversation with a friend, I became aware of my fondness for them, not just for coffee, which is very basic, basic, but just as how it has changed travel and how it has become a haven for uh, travelers to, and you can really benefit from using them and leveraging them and where they, because they have cropped up everywhere in the United States and a lot of other places. It used to be just a European thing. Uh, Maybe, you know, you'd go to an Italian um, cafe in Italy, which, by the way, Starbucks is going to be in Italy and it's probably going to ruin the whole coffee culture in Italy, but that's a whole other story. Right now, today our show is about um, coffee houses and how they can help the traveler. And this is a pretty straightforward thing, but I'm also going to be talking right now, we'll start right now about thinking about pre-Starbucks. And I personally, um, I go to Starbucks, but it's always usually the last place I look for in terms of coffee houses. I know what I'm going to get, but I also, I don't, I think they're on a scale of 1 to 10, because I'm also a coffee connoisseur, so on a scale of 1 to 10, I would say my the coffee from Starbucks is about, in my taste, about a 5-6. They're better than most, you know, diners and everything, but they're not like, I mean, most coffee houses that know what they're doing will almost always have a better cup of coffee, for me, and my taste, than Starbucks. But... They're awesome in that they're everywhere, and I know that's kind of uh, the opposite of what most people say. Ah, Starbucks, they're everywhere. Ah, big business. Ah, they were so um, they were so aggressive in spreading and everything. But here's here's the thing: when I grew up, we used to go to New York a lot, or we lived in New York, and then we moved to Jersey, and then we'd go into New York a lot. And I can remember the days when I would go in with my family to look at the windows on, which, by the way, it's going to be starting soon, the windows on Fifth Avenue and Rockefeller Center and all that beautiful stuff. Again, different show. But um, I'm, we went in. It would be me and my cousins and my mom and my uncle. And we would really, you know, we were young kids, so every five minutes we had to pee. <laughs> <laughs> or we'd be cold, or we'd be, you know, hungry, or something like that, and or we'd be tired, and we really had no place to go, um, to the bathroom, to warm up, to get just a short bite to eat without spending a gargantuan amount of money, because everybody knows that New York is really expensive, and so a resting spot in New York would be, boom, with, with you know, three kids and two adults, boom like $30, $40 down just to rest a little and go to the bathroom. So the nice thing about, especially in Fifth Avenue area, so, and this is even going back like 20 years. So the nice thing about, so we'd be in, in New York and we'd going up Fifth Avenue, we'd go past the New York Public Library and we'd go, there was always a nice bathroom and there still is 
in the New York Public Library that was public and you could use it. And there'd always be a huge line, which is kind of true for any free bathroom in New York, um, even today. But there'd always be a huge line. and But at least it was someplace you could go for 10 minutes. You couldn't rest there because you'd be standing online. I guess you'd rest if you're a girl sitting down, but not to get too graphic, but for those 30 seconds you're peeing. But um, for the most part, it was a very exhausting experience as a child and probably a frustrating experience as an adult because you were just like, oh, do we really want to stop for lunch now with the kids and then to undoing all the heavy jackets and the scarves and the runny noses and then, you know, all that. So that's New York before uh, coffee houses became a thing. I mean, there's always been bodegas and even in the summertime, you, it's, you sweat. It's so humid in New York and and I'm spe speaking specifically of New York because it's not a place where you can find refuge in your car. But again, even in, you know, 20 years ago, you couldn't really because air conditioning kind of sucked in cars. And, um, and although heat was quite good, um, at least in our cars. So, uh, we, it wasn't, New York is the perfect, um, place to say, hey, coffee houses transformed how travelers experience the city, and I think it transformed it for the better. If you go to a place like L.A., which has always had their coffee fix, in fact, that was like a big stereotype, and I was like expecting like like a huge thing about coffee houses when I got out to L.A., but in reality, it's really... It's actually more the people definitely are into their coffee houses, and it's a great place to meet, and I'll get into that in a minute, but... Um, I'd say New York actually benefited from that whole cultural shift even more because it's a walking city and it's a city where most travelers don't have a car and with good reason because it's a huge pain in the butt to bring a car into New York. Probably Chicago too, although I didn't really witness that. And I didn't find a lot of really great neighborhood, you know, small business cafes in the area. Um, so I'm talking about the big cities right now and those were those were the ones, you know, I didn't find it as prevalent in Chicago. I'm sure there's some great ones. I'm going to actually run through the big cities of um, of the United States, the three, big three in the U.S., but I'm not, I'm not going to, um, I can't say that Chicago had a lot that I found. So uh, we've talked about before uh, Starbucks in New York City and having to find bathrooms around. Sometimes you just hold it because you just, you just be walking and be like, I don't even know where to stop. And these days, there really is, like, every two blocks, at, or more, like, more Starbucks every two blocks. It's that. Sometimes they're right across the street from each other. It's really weird. Um, but in addition to Starbucks, there are so many little neighborhood cafes, so many. And there's a reason for it. They do really well there because people do need a place to stop and sit and meet people that isn't going to be, you know, a you know, $50 dinner because everything's a $50 dinner there pretty much. No, it's not true, but if you want to sit down and have a chat, a lot of the time it is. So I've gotten here, I'm already getting into the benefits. First of all, you get bathrooms. And I don't care if you're in New York or in a rural Nebraska town where you pass a coffee house. Unless it's a, a, a kiosk, you're going to be able to grab... Um, the bathrooms when you need them. That's why they Starbucks have done so well around interstates because you just kind of when you they, you don't have rest stops you can go in. In fact, like when I drive through Pennsylvania, I'm really actually um, in a quandary because I'll see a few Starbucks. They're little. Uh, they have little hut, you know, 
uh, rest areas, but they don't have like uh, uh, places where you can stop. At least on Route 80, where you can like stop and and go into one of those you know travel centers with the pamphlets in them, and then like maybe like a uh, Sbarro's and a you know Burger King. Not that I eat that stuff, but but it's a little bit, no sit down places. It's just, you know, go in, pee, leave. So I actually kind of miss it. It's a, just, it shoots me back 20 years where you didn't really have that. But now, so you can go in there for bathrooms, whether you're walking or you're driving and going back to New York in the winter or the summer, if you are freezing cold or you are sweating hot, uh, you can now warm up and cool down in these places. And that's really important, especially if you're an older or you're very young, you're traveling with the very older, the very young, or you are, because you need to be able to re- regulate your your temperature a lot um, on the road. Uh, but even then, sometimes I'll be walking in New York and I'll just be sweating way too much in the summer, and it's, it's just you need that. Or your hands are frozen, and you just want some place to warm up. Obviously, you go in and buy something, but that's perfect if you're cold or hot because you can get iced or, or a hot beverage. Hot chocolate is always wonderful, or a mocha when you're freezing cold. It's a place to wait, and this is nice because sometimes you have to get catch a bus or you have to catch a train. Even if you're in a city like Chicago, you know, you can, if you're, you know, it's 11 o'clock at night and the next bus isn't coming for like 20 or 30 minutes, you go into a coffee house, like right by the bus station, you get your coffee for 20 minutes, and that way you're not standing outside at 11 o'clock when it's windy and freezing cold. And that's a really nice thing. Because um, a lot of the coffee houses, and especially in the big cities, are open that late because people go there that late. And that's, again, a nice alternative to a bar where you, you know, would stop maybe and you have to be in that whole bar environment, which isn't bad if you want to be in that environment. But if you're just stopping on a, on a travel trip, what are you going to do, get a beer? I guess you could. Some people do that. I'm not criticizing it. And I think, um, like... Like, I know many people who do that, actually, but that's not my preference, and especially I want to be completely sober. If I'm really tired, I don't want to I don't want to go in and have a, you know, a glass of wine. I want to be caffeinated. So um, it's a place to relax because sometimes I've been on the road and it's been very intense in the driving, um, either because things are going really fast or because I've been sitting in traffic for two hours. And sometimes you just need to be like, I'm done sitting in traffic. Or sometimes that once I was driving, it was Thanksgiving and I left LA late and I was going North and I, this was my first year in LA. So I didn't realize that there would be literally eight hours of traffic, eight hours of traffic to get to around the San Francisco area. So I sat in traffic for three hours and I went, this is so stupid. So (laughs) I went to a Starbucks in Ventura. It took me three hours just to get to Ventura. Those who know LA, that is insane. Um, So I stopped in Ventura uh, County and I just sat there for about three hours and then I zipped up after another four. But I think I would have been sitting in traffic all that time anyway. So I got to relax instead of sitting in traffic. And that goes with a place to wait as well. Um, So I've already mentioned it's a great place to caffeinate because a lot of these Starbucks along the roads are 24 hours. So if you're getting drowsy and you don't want to drink that 7-Eleven coffee, which is just okay, or those weird mixes with the machines where it's like mega, mega caffeine with the sugar and da-da-da-da, you can just go and 
Ironically, by the way, I'm drinking tea. Yay! But, um, so I'm not really that... I drank coffee. I actually made espresso for myself earlier with that little device, the AeroPress, that I've mentioned in other um, shows, really, like, in my road trip show. Awesome. But anyway, so I'm caffeinated right now, as, just as a side note, but I'm drinking tea right now. But, um, so you can go there and caffeinate when when you're... Um, getting tired on the road or just thirsty on the road and you didn't bring anything. If you want the, if you're not hanging out, because I feel like you should buy at least one drink if you're hanging out, but if you're not hanging out, um, many of the Starbucks and even uh, Hot Shops, um, this isn't a coffee house thing, but this is just a side note thing. You bring your, your refill, oh, there's my dog saying hi. See, every show he comes down and and makes his little shake, shake, shake noise. Um, <laughs> when I, whenever he does that, his name's Buddha, so I go, shake, shake, shake. Shake, shake, shake. Shake your Buddha. Shake your Buddha. So that is me being really random. Anyway, <laughs> going back to coffee. See, this is what coffee does to me. I'm getting hyper just talking about it. Um, I was telling you that if you drink... If you bring, like, your refillable cup, or you have a cup in the car, and then you go to a Starbucks, which I've, I've been doing this since L.A., by the way, and you just say, like, I just want hot water, and you keep tea bags in the car, you are good to go. They will not charge you for that. At least not right now, as I'm saying this in 2013. But that's always been a really wonderful thing about Starbucks, where you can just go and be like, hot water, please? I mean, what are they going to do? Charge you a dollar for hot water, especially if you're bringing your own cup? And same thing with the hot shops. Uh, um, these are more like the little, you know, auto rest places where you can get like new windshield wipers and where you go get gas when you're on the road, typically, aside from places that pump their own gas like Jersey. Um, you can go in there and as long as you have your own cup, they don't care if you get hot water and you just keep tea bags in the car or whatever. Uh, my little AeroPress, I guess I could fill that up. I haven't done that yet with, like, coffee and make a, a, a shot of espresso. But um, I haven't tried that yet because it seems messy to do on the road. But anyway, that's, like, a nice money-saving tip. And I drove all across the country doing that. And it was really money-saving. But also, I mean, it's a dollar for coffee in a lot of these little 7-Eleven rest stop places with the gas station. But usually I don't want coffee anyway because... Um, by that time, like by midday, because I, I just want to, um, it actually dehydrates me more. So, okay, going back to coffee houses, we're just talking, that was just a side note about traveling, but Wi-Fi. Now, this is huge on the road, because um, sometimes you can't get a signal on your Wi-Fi device, like a phone or a tablet, and even if you have your computer with you, and you're trying to figure out research a better route if you are in traffic, you know, and you're like, well, what back roads can I take? Or if you need to get, you know, information about the area or find um, a place that's um, for lunch but not too expensive or find a place to stay that night and you're just like, you know, you don't want to do that in, sitting in your car. Even if you have Wi-Fi, you don't want to do that sitting in your car, especially if it is, like, freezing cold, which I've had that experience where I actually was in a snowstorm. Oh, my God, this was a nightmare. I was going back to Chicago from New Jersey, from New York, and I got to Pennsylvania, and this was right around um, Irene. Actually, it happened both directions because I was going to Vermont the first time, 
And Vermont, they're like, oh, all the bridges washed out. So I was like, oh, I guess I'm not going to Vermont. So that actually saved me a lot of hassle. And the second time I was going, this was like a week later, and they're like, oh, you're on Route 80 going west on in Pennsylvania. Oh, the road is flooded, and they're not letting anyone through. And I found that out actually pumping my gas, and I was waiting online, and some guy mentioned that. So I wouldn't have known that anyway. But then I had to figure out another route, and it took me a couple extra days because it was actually snowing in Indiana, and it was crazy. So what did I do? I found the first coffee house I could find with Wi-Fi, and I was able to figure out – I was able to reroute myself on the um, – to the new Pennsylvania Thruway or Turnpike or whatever. Um, it was not a good road. I hate it, and I never take it. But in that case, it got me across Pennsylvania. I was able to find lodging for the evening and w- figure out where I would stop, and that worked out nicely, and especially finding a place that had that allowed dogs. Um, you know, so it was a good place. And then just, like, it was crazy on the road, so what did I do? I stopped... Halfway through on the um, the Pennsylvania Turnpike, and I stopped at what was at that time a Borders that was closing, but they still had the cafe going, and I was able to settle down and relax, and I grabbed a book, and I sat for a half hour because I was so stressed out. There were so many trucks on the road that day because they, they were rerouted, and it was very crowded, so I really didn't enjoy my drive that day, but... Um, you know, I had at least a place to caffeinate and relax and all that. So it's a good place to research and stop for that and get information. I mean, you can even, the nice thing is without stopping at, you know, you're going to get the local perspective on, hey, you know, I'm looking for a place to sit outside because I have a dog with me and I want to leave him in the car, but we need to get lunch. And they'll be able to tell you, they'll be like, oh, well, there's nothing here. Or they'll be like, oh, you should go to this place. They have great barbecue just, you know, so you can even get the local perspective in a coffee house without having to do look for the visitor center or anything like that. Now I'm going to talk about the big three cities in, I mean, there's more big cities in the United States, but the three I've lived in and where I would go to on the regular. So I lived in New York and that's probably the longest ago So that was like 10 years ago. I lived in Manhattan. I'm going in there a lot now. And I found a ton of really nice coffee houses because I've been in the winter. I've been there in the summer. Um, And actually, (laughs) this is the only one I'm going to be like, I have no idea what to tell you because there's so many awesome coffee houses. And I've been to a bunch of them. And half of them, (laughs) what happens in Manhattan is you go to different areas and you just stop somewhere because you're walking and you don't know what the name of it is or or whatever, you just are like, coffee house, nice, mm, I hope I remember. And you never do. Even when I was living in the city, I would go to places and be like, I have to remember this place, and I would never go there again. <laughs> Not because I didn't want to, but just because it was like this last minute, I'm walking by and like, oh, that quiche looks nice. And then you go in and have a quiche and espresso, and then, or you meet somebody for lunch that they suggested a place, and I have no idea where that was. But it was a very good salad. Like, that's that's the, the thought process in New York. So my recommendation for New York is just look on Yelp because there are a ton and people have very strong opinions about this. So um, I wish I could be more specific. I know I found a really great, um, like ironically it was a French pastry coffee place uh, that gets very busy in the afternoon but it was down in the in Little Italy, you know, Lower East Side area. Uh, but that's one of many and that's not going to help you, especially if you're like in the touristy, you know, Fifth Avenue section so go on Yelp. That's a good good on, go on um, um, 
I don't know, like Foursquare, if you're in there and, and you're like looking for something in the neighborhood, you'll find something. You'll find recommendations. It'll be great. If you're in New Jersey, this is important because if you're in North Jersey, I'm mentioning this now just because I've been there a bunch of times recently. Go to Cool Beans in Oradell. They have a coffee house. Yay, I think I've mentioned this on other shows. I like it. But if you're traveling on Route 17 or Route 4, heading into the city, maybe not Route 4 because it's kind of far from Route 4, but Route 17, which would be if you're coming from the north or the south and you're going into the city, that's a good, relatively good place to stop. Um, I'm just mentioning it because I also think I have a lot of listeners in Jersey and I felt like just saying that. So shout out to Cool Beans. Yay. And um, then finally Chicago. Oh, LA. LA, my favorite coffee house in LA, which is, it's a great place to just get your coffee. It's a great place for breakfast. And um, it's called Studio, I'm sorry, it's called Aroma Cafe in Studio City. And I lived in Studio City for a very long time. And I actually was walking distance to this cafe. A lot of writers, screenwriters go there, a lot of actors, and the best breakfasts ever. But they have no problem with you sitting and doing um, work there. I'm almost reluctant to mention it because the line is already insanely long, especially on weekends um, and especially in the morning, but pretty randomly throughout the day because that's how L.A. rolls. It's like the city that has no time schedule like every place else in the country, which I'm not criticizing. It was awesome, but it also makes for very unpredictable traffic and lines at awesome places like Aroma Cafe. So go there, drink coffee, eat the breakfasts, which are amazing, eat the desserts, which are amazing, uh, but just be prepared to wait online, and you might not get a seat for a while. So especially on a weekend. So, but it's a great place to people watch. They have books, um, independent books, great filmmaking books, acting books. So you can go buy your books there and, um, get great coffee. But if you're not in the mood to eat, it's great coffee. It's right off the 101. And, um, so I guess if you're traveling, it's not as much, you can, I mean, it is really close to the 101. So in Studio City, so you could just, hop off the highway if you're, like, trying to get directions or something. But it's really more of a place to just go get coffee. But I wanted to mention it because when I think about L.A., I think about that coffee house. So, um, and then in Pasadena, there was, like, I lived a block away from three coffee houses. So it is in the culture, but all of them were chains. So um, that's that. And then finally in Chicago. Again, I didn't find a lot in Chicago. And I looked because Chicago is freaking cold, and especially by my school and by, uh, where I lived. Sometimes I just wanted to not be in my shoebox apartment, studio apartment. Um, so, but I couldn't find much. So I, and towards the end of my time there, I did find a few places. And one of them is, uh, more of a restaurant, but it's not really, it's more of a, if you're going to walk and stop, that's a good place. It's called third, third coast, the third coast. And it is more of a restaurant, but it's not crazy expensive. And you can just go in there for a glass of wine or a coffee or an espresso. I base this on, do they have espresso? It's not a real coffee house if they don't make espresso and cappuccino drinks. So, and they have that. So that, and if if they're okay with you just getting that, then it, then I consider it a coffee house. So you can do that at third coast. Their food also really good. Their breakfast, amazing amazing, also really busy on the weekend, so so keep that in mind. The other place I would go, and I think I've mentioned this in another in another show, but Eve, Eva's Cafe 
um, in Old Town. It's south of of the Sedgwick stop, the Brown Line, and which is what I've used to go to Second City even before I moved there. But who knew there was a place called Eva's Cafe in Old Town? I always went straight to Second City and where there's a Starbucks. Not criticizing it, but always insanely crowded. And it's so nice. Why not support local business, small business, when you go to these places? Because they sometimes over outdo, often outdo, as I mentioned earlier, the quality of coffee that a lot of the chains have. And um, it's just a nice variation. Mix it up a bit. You know you know what you're going to get at Starbucks. You either like it or you don't. So if you like Starbucks, this is uh, the small businesses are a good alternative. If um, But, uh, you know, always check in on Yelp and other recommendation sources to see if it's actually good. But, um, you know, Eve's Cafe, I'm giving you my personal recommendation, and they do have, I think, pretty good recommendations on Yelp. And they, you know, don't have a kitchen, so you can bring your dog in, which is nice. Because I would walk my dog there, get my coffee, and go back out and sit outside when it was nice out. So so that is Chicago. So those are those are my little tidbits of recommendation in my in my my cities. I've lived in more, but those are my those are my cities. So now I'm also gonna just say I've already mentioned that I think that if you can, I love Starbucks. Well, I like Starbucks, but if you can support small business and local business when you can, I'd say that that's a really good way to do it. If it's around, um, don't go too far. Well, do if you. I heck, I went really far out of my way to go to New Hampshire just to go have some um, breaking new grounds. But, you know, um, you don't have to do that if you're just driving and you see a choice between Starbucks and the other place. Look it up real fast if you do have access to Wi-Fi. And and if it sounds like a, a place that has good coffee and atmosphere or it looks that way, then go in there. Now I'm going to finish by saying... That's not always the case, especially by highways, and, you know, the little places aren't as easy to spot, especially when you're driving or you're not familiar with the train. So I'm going to finish by saying my favorite chains, there are three of them, some are available in certain places, some are not, that my favorite, actually, my favorite chain is Caribou Coffee, and I'm very sure they're in, it was like, I made a point of going there when I lived in L.A. It was in uh, Santa Monica, and I'm like, I just, because I love coffee, new coffee houses, and I'm like, I'm just going to try this place. And it didn't impress me that much out there, but when I got to Chicago and when I got to uh, Ohio, I remember I used to stop in Ohio in a place on the outskirts of Cleveland, and actually I got stuck there last year, around this time uh, during Hurricane Sandy and the recovery, the you know, the recovering of power and every and you know heat during I was actually out in, in Ohio and I would go to Caribou Coffee and I really liked it and they make your um cafe mochas but then they put a little chocolate covered coffee beans on top like on like the the cup you know top lid so it's a nice little treat and that's just like little some things that make it really nice and that one out there that I would go to in Ohio actually had like a fireplace and you could just sit there in the nice cushy chairs which is like a huge thing for me (laughs) and just sit and read or work on your computer so and I met actually a friend there which was kind of weird um because I really wasn't expecting to be out there but it was a good place to meet a friend so caribou coffee is my number one number two which I still go to is Panera's and Panera's is cool except sometimes it isn't they, if you go during lunch and you want to just hang out, they will sometimes cut off your Wi-Fi after a half hour. 
I can understand it. And sometimes it's really hard to get a seat in Panera's. But overall, I like Panera's because you can do your, if you do iced coffee, if you do regular coffee, if you do tea, you can get refills. So you can chill for two hours, three hours, and not have to be like, okay, thank you for my one cup of coffee. Um, not that Starbucks is a problem with that. They do relatively reasonable refills and everything. But Panera's, as long as you're not getting an espresso drink, you can do refills there. That's cool. And, um, and they do have a nice sitting area, and their Wi-Fi works really well in most of the ones I've been in. Not the Chicago one um, by uh, the Buckingham um, Fountain. So then finally, Corner Bakery. And I really like them. They also get very crowded, the ones that I've been to, especially at lunchtime. And they have Wi-Fi and they are, um, you can get, they're more of a, obviously, bakery. They have foods and everything. If you are drinking hot coffee, you can go up and get your refills. Um, even, I don't know about tea, but um, I really, because uh, I never really drank tea there, but I would get my iced coffee and refill it with hot coffee because I could get my um, ice and that's how I did it there. And managed to loiter for a really long time on their Wi-Fi or talking with friends or whatever. Um, nice atmosphere, good seating and everything in most of the ones I've been in. They are not really, it's hard to find on the East Coast. I found them mostly in Chicago and they were a lot in Chicago. And then I found them in LA, a little bit less prevalent in LA, but New York I have, um, I've, I've had to search for them. And which stinks because I filled out my punch card and I get a free coffee from them at some point. But I haven't been able to use it because I haven't really found them. And when I'm in New York, I haven't been around the one that's in New York. And, and there's one in Jersey, but I have yet to find it. So, although I was going to Clifton for a while and I think it's in Clifton. So, this has been Random Tangent Day because I am apparently very caffeinated and talking at a really, you know, fast speed. And that always makes me speak um, in ways that create random mentions like, hey, there's a corner bakery in Clifton, uh, which might be helpful to all of those people listening in New Jersey, but maybe not. Oh, there's another good one in in Little Falls, and I'm blanking on the name of it. Um, Daily Grind, I think it's called. I will put a link to it because there's another great cafe, and that is right by Route 80. It's right by the Willowbrook Mall. I will put that link to it because I... Fine grind. Fine grind in Little Falls. It is so yummy. And I love it there. And they have really good lunches too. They have events. They have... Okay, I am getting random now. <laughs> Thank you for listening to my one big random tangent. Use coffee houses when you travel. They're great. And if you were born before the 90s, you will never have to experience New York where you are desperately looking for a, a toilet and you can't find one for blocks and blocks and blocks without spending 100 bucks on dinner. <laughs> anyway, or lunch. So that's my show for this week. I am Leslie Leto, and I will be talking to you next week about some other random topic that I, uh, hopefully I'm going to start having interviews soon, but this is, uh, this is how I'm rolling now, so huzzah. Have a great week, and I will talk to you soon, or next week. Take care, and happy travels. <laughs>